0: for Auburn basketball the Tigers with the longest home court winning streak in the nation look to extend that to 29 tonight as they host Texas A&M welcome in everybody to the Wednesday Drive Bill Dan Jason Caldwell from au-tigers.com here at Big Mike's how you guys doing it's you know we're getting reports from Drew that we
1: sound really good coming in at the uh, at, at the studio great to be here at Big Mike's and yeah love to uh,
2: Love to be on location yet again.
0: Uh, once again, uh, well, I'm Jason
2: Caldwell with us as well. JC, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, guys. Um, you know, thinking about. Uh Thinking about, it, I probably should have brought a few more clothes. It was really, yeah. really warm this afternoon. It was. And, uh, I mean, the
0: sun came out and it was.
2: It was in the low sixties, and I'm thinking,
0: yeah, that's now, fine.
2: Now we're in, in the in the shadows a little bit on the deck out here, and it uh, it's a little cooler, but well, it still feels it feels pretty good. Oh, it does. It's so much better than what we got overnight. We got a lot of rain. Yeah, we
0: did uh, overnight. Now it's it's going to get cooler. Uh, I mean, I know the forecast is calling for it to be around freezing for the next couple of nights. So be prepared for that. But uh, I'll
2: tell you what, where it's not going to be chilly, and that's going to be at Neville Arena tonight at 8 o'clock. Jason. Yeah, it's going to be wide open. And, and, you know, it's unfortunate. 8 o'clock start for for people outside of the Auburn area. Right. But what the, that's what this will do is is I think it's going to amp up the, the Auburn student crowd even more. I, my guess is that this student crowd is going to be loud. It's going to be massive. Because eight eight o'clock for a student, they'll be they'll good to go. I've been trying to think,
0: well, how how many home games have
2: there been since classes started? One, just maybe? one. Yeah, yeah, I I, I think so. There, there might have been another one, but uh, you know, you had uh, I mean, classes started on just the, Arkansas. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's probably so. Did yeah, just, this just this place is really going to be rocking tonight. It is, and and you know, it's a, I it's another great opportunity for this team, and we, we talked about it. Um, and I and I I said six and two was my benchmark after eight games, and now you look at this team and you go, Are well, you going to you be got, disappointed if you they're got, not you, seven correct, and one? And correct, you got now you got two home games to to the nine game mark with a great opportunity to be eight and one, and that's what you had to do. This team had to take advantage of the, the first part of the schedule, and they've done that so far.
1: I'm not I'm not sure it's a surprise that you have three or four teams, or really really three right now, depending on what happens tonight, that have distanced themselves a little bit from the rest of the conference. Not sure people had these four teams as the four teams that that had distanced themselves a little bit from the rest of the league, especially if A and M can pick up a road win tonight and really assert themselves as a threat to win the uh, to, to win the conference.
2: Yeah, I think I think what Kentucky's done the last couple of last couple of games out has them. I think there's a fi- a group of right. five. I think Kentucky's in that group now based on what they've done, what they've shown, and you know, kind of the schedule for them here. They got they got a chance to make a little bit of ground up too. So. Um, yeah, but you're right. You look at this, the league, and and it's it's difficult. I mean, to say the least. And and like I said, Auburn's Auburn's toughest parts are ahead of them. And but you know, Texas A&M, the way they started this season, I don't think anybody would have thought that they were going to be anything other than an also ran in this league. And you know, so far they haven't done that. And and they got they got a coach who has. He makes, it, he makes life difficult for every other coach. He makes, oh, life, he makes life difficult for Bruce Pearl. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be the interesting thing. This is a physical, grinded out. This is like a Mississippi State kind of game, except this is a little bit better version of that team. So this could be a slugfest tonight. Bill, Jason, and Dan
0: here at Big Mike Steakhouse. I'd love for you to join in. Again, got plenty of time to uh, stop by, uh, get yourself some of the delicious Appetizers, they've got half-off apps right now with happy hour going on until 6 o'clock. A couple of the best appetizers
1: in the Auburn-Opelica area, half-off right now when you look at that tiger shrimp, the homemade fried mushrooms, the chuck wagon cheese fries among your options, half-off drinks including draft beer as well. Happy hour from 4 to 6 today and tomorrow right here at Big Mike's.
0: Our number one of the drive brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And, of course, they're also the sponsor of our hotline, where if you can't be here and join us at Big Mike's, you can give us a call, and the number to get you through is 334 321 you can also
1: text the show, 334-564-1840. 3, 3, the Drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. They also sponsor the podcast, which is
0: available however you listen to podcasts. Uh, a lot going on. I mean, we've got, of course, basketball. We're approaching midpoint of basketball. Jason, it's, it's a, an interesting time football-wise. All right, the the transfer portal, the 45-day window closed a week ago today. Yes. And Auburn very successful in that, picking up a dozen additions. Um, It will reopen on May 1st. In the meantime, um, we've got what used to be the traditional signing day is a week from today. And Auburn expecting? I know they're expecting one. Yeah, uh, Sonny. I mean, in any anything else that might happen, recruiting wise, for the twenty-three class. Yeah, it, not it, transfer wise. It,
2: it doesn't feel like it. I think there gonna, there's a chance. There's a couple of preferred walk-ons. We've already seen one of those in Christian Burnett. Uh, right. To say he's coming. So I think there could be a couple of preferred walk-on guys. Um, you know, that might have a chance to do some things. And but I, you know, I think unless there's uh, I I've i kind of stated unless there's a unicorn out there that just kinda of burst onto the scene late. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it looks like Auburn is content to, to, to be where they are. They're focusing a ton on twenty twenty four, twenty five and even twenty six. I would say that in the last week they probably more offered more guys early than I can ever remember for an Auburn staff. So they've been busy. They've been getting after it a good bit. So um and so I, I think when when you look at them, um I think right now there hey here's who we are let's get through spring practice reevaluate, reassess everything that's the thing about it is they they really haven't had a chance to even sit down and talk football i mean right. they, they've got to they got to install and they got to do all those things um here beginning next week after they come back off the road it's the last week they'll be on the road doing evaluation stuff and so they got to do install they got to do all that stuff next week beginning to get ready for spring practice so there's a lot of football to be done in a short period of time for them and
1: Um, and of the players auburn has acquired in the portal is there one or two that you're particularly excited to see early on in their auburn career what they might provide
2: yeah a lot of them to be quite honest i I think they've added a a lot i think justin rogers on the defensive line i i I ran into him and i thankfully i didn't run into him but i spoke to him the (laughs) other day he is a massive human being but 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 physically looks like a guy that you go man he's just square um, and and so I think the things he can do to 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 add to that middle of that defensive line are going to be fun to watch. Um, you, know, you know, a guy like Elijah McAllister, where does he fit and kind of how does he do things? But Rivaldo Fairweather may be one of those guys. Uh, but just because the the thought of Evan Ingram having a dynamic pass catcher, wide receiver, how that fits him, him and Landon King. What does that look like in the spring for guys like that? It'll be interesting,
1: Fair, Fairweather's new, relatively new to the sport as well for an accomplished college football player. I want to say he's someone who, uh, if I remember the story correctly, you can probably fill in the blanks on this, uh, but he uh, was an under-recruited high school basketball player who focused on football his senior year of high school and turned that into being the leading pass catcher at tight end in his conference this past year. Somebody that
2: new to the sport. You know, you, you wonder if maybe he hasn't yeah. scratched the surface well, that, of, of that potential yet. That's it. That's what you're looking for, and, and that's that's kind of the case. for. You see it happen a lot of times at two different positions. You see a lot of happen at tight end because you have guys like that that are basketball players uh, that do that. And you see it happen at, like, offensive tackle where you have a tight end mm-hmm. that goes, ah, I'm going to move down and play offensive line, and all of a sudden he gains weight, he gets bigger, keeps the athleticism, and goes from a blocking tight end – to a first-round draft choice. And so those are two spots that you can do that at probably more than any other. But, yeah, I mean, you look at him and you, you think basketball player, and you think about all the basketball guys over the last 20 years that have gone on to football and and blown up. I mean, if you, you – know, Antonio Gates, is the that – not- that's do the kids, do kids
1: realize how good
2: Antonio Gates was today? Do kids understand? Because, I, I, I mean, the
1: Chargers so. weren't like a – they weren't always on national television when he was well, great. He was a
0: pretty good basketball he, player. He was. Elite eight. Best the, player on an Elite eight the, team, the, Kent you know, State.
2: There's a handful of those kind of guys. Now they're still not commonplace, but now you look and you go, most every team in the NFL that that gets to this point has one of those guys mm-hmm. that can do it. I mean, think about the, the Chargers and the Chiefs and some of those teams. And um, But you look at, at Antonio Gates – and. But see, the probably the original one of those guys was Kellen Winslow, like senior, like he was. He was a guy that that made those kind of plays before they were commonplace, and there were not many of them. And then you know, Gonzo, yeah, I mean, you think about on down the line, then you know, Tony uh, Gonzalez
1: also a basketball another player, right? Basketball yeah. guy,
2: yes. And so that, there's a connection from those two positions, and uh, if Auburn could could uh, get a guy that that takes off like that, it'd be huge. Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. That's the uh, Kia of Auburn.
0: Hotline, love for you to join us here on the uh, Wednesday drive, Jason. I mean, it's uh, not sure the the coaching staff is ready to uh, get some football stuff done. They got a pretty big weekend, pretty big uh, Saturday coming up with a Junior Day. That looks like it's going to be
2: um, a pretty impressive one. Yeah, I, I I would say just this as we sit here today, um, the amount of guys that will be on campus. I don't know that there'll be a bigger one in the last at least five or six years. Oh, yeah, maybe definitely It may definitely be it may be, longer, it may be longer than that to have one. Um, a lot of five-star guys, you know, 2025s. I talked to, you know, like Zion Grady, um, you know, five-star pass rush from Charles Henderson. He's just 2025 prospect. But that's that's the key. People are like, well, it's too early. No, this is exactly No, if the, you're not in there now, you're this, late. This is exactly the time. And so Anquan Fagan's is another five-star from Thompson that, that's coming in this weekend. And so this is the time. Not only was it 2024, but – Man, you want to make that impression right away on the next wave on 2025. And and in the state of Alabama, 2024 is going to be a really good class. It's a really solid class with a lot of four-star type prospects. 2025 is going to be similar to last year where you're going to have maybe there may be 20 guys in the top 200 players in the country from is it, Alabama is it not about special
1: years anymore in the state of Alabama no, they're because, all pretty good i mean it just seems like now we're just just if depends on if it's if it's more top heavy or it's not. like when you when you keep
0: having once in a generation hurricanes right they're not once in a generation no. anymore and These, and and jason what what do you attribute that to i think i think part of it is
2: the the high school coaching in this state so much better it it, it is unbelievable so much uh, High school coaching is so much better. Um, facilities, um, the money that's gone into these programs, you know, we <clears throat> think back to when Opelika built You know, their, their indoor and their kind of weight room thing. And, you know, you had Charles Henderson, ironically enough, and Troy had one. And, you know, you had a few other schools. And now you go around the state and there's a lot of schools that have upped the, mm-hmm. the facility department. And it makes such a huge difference. Uh, year-round training to be able to go in there when it's raining or snowing and work and do those things. And, you know, those are things that, that haven't been available. But, but you're right. Coaching is so much better. Um, you know, the seven-on-sevens, especially often the skill talent-wise, um, that makes a huge difference as well. But, you yeah. Have,
1: no, you have to imagine, too, the quality of the college football in the immediate area is, is part yeah, of it. it because be the we, interest in well, the state. Or oppor-
2: or opportunity. <laughs> I, opportunity. <laughs> yeah. There's no question. Opportunity and going, okay, what sport? And and now football I mean, basketball's still a really popular sport, but football has, in in especially in some pockets of this country. When you think about Alabama, Georgia, Ohio, Texas, um, see see now California. Is is not they're not much further ahead of, of Alabama in terms of, of top numbers, top right. top prospects, and, and the line of scrimmage, especially right. I mean, you'll see oh, it, you'll yeah, see, quarterbacks,
1: see quarterbacks, and receivers yeah, and, coming out of major and, markets and, and, in the West Coast, correct. but not not the but, kind of lineman that you're getting yeah, in Georgia, so the, Alabama, Texas, the Florida. The
2: importance of the game, um, facilities, the money that that schools and um, you know departments and and cities and you know board of education. The amount of money that they're pouring into these programs is paying off because it's increased the work, it's increased the attention, and, and everything that goes along with it, and it's all paying off. Because you know, we know that we know the state has. There's always been great athletes here, but just think about the difference in Alabama and Mississippi now. Mississippi still has great athletes, but you still don't see as many of those guys because mm-hmm. the the developmental side of things hasn't. I, I say it all the time. Alabama is where Georgia was probably 10 years ago, and the population is not anywhere close but you start seeing the development on the side of things in, in high school, and it's really big. 334-321-1390, three, 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 one,
0: that's the Kia of Auburn Hotline. We are coming to you here, the drive, live at Big Mike Steakhouse uh, here on the, uh, let's see, this this part it's Shug. is Shug. Okay, Shug Jordan, yeah. Um, and I could, I think we could say next to the Circle K. Well, yeah, I mean, right, right near the, you know, right off the intersection.
2: Yeah, no, of and Wire, Wire yeah. Road and Shug. Next
1: to
0: the Circle K at Wire and
1: right. sugar, You know, whatever you want to do. You don't want to give Circle K
0: too much promotion, but I've, I already give them too much money as it is, Bill. So uh, yeah, it, and there's we, we, you know, this place when it, you know, when it opens up. You can see within a few minutes that the parking lot starts filling up. That's why they have parking on both sides. So you can, uh, you can park on the uh, wire road side and walk through. Come on out and see us. Park on the, uh, uh, on the other side uh, where the deck is. That's where we are. Love for you to join us. If you can't make it out, give us a call. We need to get to our first break. Just underway here on the Wednesday Drive from Big Mike's.
1: Hey, it's Carter Bird from ESPM 106.7's On the Line. Join Jack Hudden and me after every weekend Auburn University basketball game this season for
2: After the Game. Jack and I will provide post-game analysis and take your calls. Sound off on the Auburn game as soon as it's over. Join After the Game on ESPM 106.7. Presented by the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, and Alabama
1: Property Shop, your one-stop shop for all things real estate.
3: Today.
0: Here on this Wednesday afternoon, the uh, the drive at Big Mike's Steakhouse, Bill Dan, Jason Caldwell, with us for a little while longer. Uh, you uh, you going to go to basketball tonight, JC?
2: Yep, I'll be there. So yeah, I'm I'm good. I'm good till actually right around five o'clock. Today, okay, so great, really good, great. So. Yeah, lo- looking forward to this one. Um, and
0: and I was gone. We were we took a little vacation last week, um, so I mean it was. Uh, it was tough not being able to see those games sounded like Auburn played uh, as, as well as they played all year and they're really
2: the last few but games that uh, you really see them starting to click yeah i thought I thought the South Carolina game now and obviously South Carolina um, has shown the ability to win in rough arena right it 's also been really bad the rest of the part of the season but I, I thought Auburn played. As solid a basketball game as they have in, in quite a while, the other day I thought they were in control the whole time, and I mean, Gigi Jackson on the other side scores thirty and was really good, and it, it never was really a threat. Well, and it's important, it's important to
1: get comfortable leads when you're considerably or when you're playing considerably better than the other team because that allows you to play some guys who maybe aren't getting a ton of minutes this year, and you saw in the second half some players that. Uh, got to play more than they usually do in the second half in conference play. And that could play that, that, that could pay dividends later. It was probably uh, Traore's
2: uh, b- yes. best game so far this year. Yeah, no, we've seen him the last couple of games make a few shots. And, and it's just about confidence. And so he's a guy that we're talking about, you know, Rivaldo Fairweather. It's a guy that hadn't played much basketball in his life. And, and the more of those opportunities he gets, the better he's going to be. And I mean, even a guy that's played a ton of basketball, when you think about, um, you know, getting in games and doing things you you, you know it, it it matters a, a great deal that when those minutes come if they if they come in garbage time then there's not much pressure but if they come when the game's on the line and you look and you go okay you got to get used to those kind of moments and, and those things are starting to happen
0: yeah Johan is a is a guy that um he has a he has a lot of ability i mean it's interesting listening to the players talk about him uh you know i mean was it Janai that was, uh, it, you know, talking about
2: how talented he yeah. is and and how you know he really hasn't even started to show what he can no, do? No, it's just it's just it's natural, and, and, and people kind of had these expectations of Jabari Smith, and they're, they're totally different players. Now they may look similar. Mm-hmm. Torori's a bigger player physically, but but you know, you look at you think about you know, Jabari had grown up with a dad who played in the NBA and and had worked on his form and his shooting his entire life, and had been around the game is a guy that has all those natural abilities, but you look at him and you, you can see where the shot. Sometimes it looks perfect, the other time you go, it didn't look like it did the last time," and that's just from inexperience. He just hasn't harnessed that enough, and when he does, he's going to be really good. And I think it's you know it's the it's the biggest question you have. Um, it's like is that a guy that that will be around long enough to allow that to happen, whether whether it's here or. I'm not playing enough. I'm going to another school or those mm-hmm. things. And that's, what you, that's the thing you look at now with you know him and, and Chance Westry, those kind of guys going to look. It, it may take a little longer, but, but hey, we see it. It's there. It's going to have to give it a chance to, to develop, and um, hopefully they will because those guys can be building blocks for a really good future. Meanwhile, I mean, you're seeing – we're seeing
0: uh, uh, Wendell Green play the best basketball he has played since he's been at Auburn. Uh, Alan Flanagan looking more and more like – the Allen Flanagan before his injury, what the expectations were before he had that injury. Uh, Jalen Williams has had a couple of big ball games. I mean, uh, that that's what, what you really like seeing so many of these pieces uh, continuing where it, it it's not where Auburn has to rely on just one or two. Now, Wendell needs to play well. I think Jani needs to play well. For Auburn to be able to expect that they're going to win on a consistent basis, but it's great having some of the other guys stepping up and
2: continuing to improve as well. Well, that was what I wrote about a couple of weeks ago when somebody asked me, you know, this team, and I said at that time I said, you know, this is a you know maybe a ten and eight, eleven and seven type team, unless they get a second or third scorer to step up from the guard mm-hmm. position. That's what the, that's what's happened. Alan Flanagan has stepped up as a consistent player, and even even Wendell Green has gone from – he didn't have a very good start to SEC play. And, and so now you put those two things together, and you get K.D. Johnson with much better shot selection, not forcing things as much and doing the things he's done. And then you get Jalen Williams scoring from all over the court, shooting threes, doing those things. Yeah, it makes a big difference. But, you know, scoring leads to defense. You play better defense when you're putting the ball in the basket and you can set your defense up because when you're in transition, it's tough. When you're missing shots and 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 they're getting fast breaks, it makes it really hard to play defense. When you make start making shots, now you look and Auburn's defense is much better. In turn, it sets up better shot selection on offense. Oh, Bruce, Pearl, Bruce Pearl's together.
0: teams thrive off defense. I mean, the yeah. offense goes up way you know it goes up tremendously when they're creating turnovers, when they're you know able to get steals uh, and 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 get out and and run.
2: So so yeah, now.
0: Uh, I guess the the question for tonight is, you think we see Chris
2: Moore? Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, it, you know, may get out there and shoot around and see what it what it feels like. Maybe a few minutes here, or there, potentially. But uh, I don't know that we'll see him a ton. Um, he's he is a valuable guy for this team because mm-hmm. he does the dirty work a little bit, and because he's such a physical guy that. You probably take it easy. I wouldn't be surprised to maybe a minute or two here or there just to kind of get him back into a game and, and, and run around some, but I don't think it will be a bunch. And, and I have a feeling that however the
1: situation unfolds as far as whether or not Alan Green stays in the starting lineup for the foreseeable future or if Chris Alan Moore – Alan Flanagan. Alan Flanagan, yeah, yeah. No, sorry, Alan Green. Wendell
0: oh. Green, Alan Flanagan,
1: That's what yeah, yeah. It's like Bryce, uh, Bryce Young, Bryce Brown. Yeah, we, 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 I know. So, so, the, uh, so yeah, if, is, as long as Alan – stays in the starting lineup or if Chris gets the starting job back. I, I have a feeling they're going to be able to handle that and, and keep it, you know, in rhythm regardless of and it's you know, I understand that it would be kind of unfair for Chris to lose his starting job that way. At the same time, Alan Flanagan
0: Yeah, how has, did Chris get it in the yeah, first place? I, Alan wasn't healthy. Alan Flanagan has been a starter Correct.
1: before in his career as well and has had to deal with injury and losing some playing time. As a result of that injury, we'll see what ends up happening. But that's a, you know, th- I think that's another storyline to
2: watch as far as how you use Chris and Allen once Chris is 100%. It is. And, and it's one of the issues when you start talking about depth on a basketball team. And and, and I think the biggest thing that's been is, is we've seen Allen Flanagan and, and, and Wendell Green and KD Johnson. We've seen a lot of these guys, you know, instead of dribble, 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 dribble. They're catching and passing, and and do mm-hmm. it, it's more much more team oriented than it was early in SEC play. There's no question about that. I, I think these guys, you know, hey, they talked about it. They they kind of had a had a come to Jesus meeting a little bit, and and they and since that time, they're playing much better team basketball. And and you look and I I went looked at their offensive efficiency, and it is much greater than it was early in the year. And there's no coincidence to that. It it's ball ball movement, shot selection. Everything about it, and it's been much better. If they keep doing those kind of things, then this is a team that can compete with just about anybody. And you feel better about uh, you feel better about it because of that. I mean, Auburn could have won some of these
0: ball games because, let's face it, they're not playing the toughest part of their schedule right now. They probably could, could have still won these games, but it may have been much uglier. May have been you yeah. know games the way we That's saw before, like they, where they was were gonna be. battling back from behind yeah. and things like that. But the last couple of ball games, by doing this, they've been able to you know take take the lead early and never give it up
2: yeah you're right I, th- I think everybody thought um, you know a month ago thought well there's gonna be a lot of 55 55 right. basketball games those kind of things they've been able to score and you're right and and, and get off to a much better starts that's been's been a huge key for this game all
0: right we're at big Mikes we'll uh, tell you about tonight's special and more love for you to join us here if you can't make it out though give us a call on the Kia of Auburn hotline as we continue here on the Wednesday drive.
3: The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502 or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive here on this Wednesday
0: afternoon. Bill, Dan, Jason Caldwell here on the deck at Big Mike's Steakhouse, I will say if' you're, if you're coming out here, uh, bring a wrap. you're going to need one if you're heading to the ball game tonight. Yeah. by the time the game is over, I mean game time is going to be pretty cool. I believe it's going to be in the low 30s this evening, and with the wind, it's going to be uh, pretty darn cold. so uh, do prepare for that. We'd love for you to come out and join us. I mentioned uh, you know we we talk a little bit about the uh, the special here at uh, Big Mike's today. Jordan says they're going to bring a little of it out. What's this? for us to try? Hey, The bone-in smoked pork chop.
2: That's all I need to know, right? And I, oh and I man!
1: Would, and, and I would encourage folks to also take a look at the half-off apps during happy hour from four to six. Tiger shrimp, Wickle's fried pickles, homemade fried mushrooms, and the chuck wagon cheese fries. Any of them a solid a, a solid way to start your meal? Or Bill was it the, uh, the, the the classic? Uh, you know who's who's our football coach, buddy? Who who orders all of them? Uh, oh, that would be Spence. Yeah, Spence the, the Spence McCracken. When you get uh, when you get all the appetizers in happy hour, that's your meal.
0: So uh, yeah, check, that's, check a, out. that's a great that's a that's a very wise decision yeah. to do that. You hit you know hit the multiples and at the price, yeah, you can't beat that and and they're just delicious. But again, yeah, the special bone-in smoked pork chop with demi glaze, redfish as well uh, are the specials here at Big Mike's uh, today. So you got plenty of time if you're going to head to the ball oh, game. Yeah. Um, Bill, I'd, I'd like to.
1: I mean, we're we're not that close to baseball season, but we were talking. We are, about we a lot are of, pretty close. We were talking
0: we're about Scott
2: Rowland yesterday. And well,
0: yeah. Well, I mean, Jason's here. I wanted to get into this. We're pretty darn close. We're uh, practice is starting this week.
2: Yeah, they they actually have their first squad practice this Friday. Right. So they can actually scrimmage and do those things. But before we do that, I, I just I heard this, them talking about Scott Rowland. Yay or nay on Scott Rowland? I I like Scott Rowland. I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. See, and, and and he ba- I guess he barely squeaked in. I, when I. St- well, I'll tell you what's crazy, though, Jason. He only got 10% of the votes Scott. his first
0: year, and he got more every year until this year when he got just just enough to get in. Which we
1: see now. Tim Raines is sort of a guy like that as well, where I think people start to take a, a closer look and realize maybe. Tim Raines
0: Scott, is one of the greatest base stealers and leadoff men of all time. But took, Scott Rowland was a good, good
2: third base. Really it took Tim baseman.
1: Raines a while to get in, though, and he didn't have much support his first uh, time on the uh, ballot. It, 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 what I would say is Scott Rowland, in a vacuum, Scott Rowland as a Hall of Famer doesn't bother me too much. Scott Rowland as a Hall of Famer, when you look at some of the guys who didn't get in this year, and I understand there's, there's politics to it, but is Scott, Scott, Scott Rowland have a better career than A-Rod? Did Scott Rowland have a better career than Manny Ramirez? Did Scott Rowland have a better career than Gary Sheffield? Some of the guys that did not get in—that's where Scott Rowland getting in bothers me. I understand; yeah, yeah. it's not
2: the same thing. But I, I just—I when I think yeah. about Hall of Fame, I think—I think—I think, I think the elite of the elite. So do I. That's what I think about, and and they're getting watered down in every facet and everywhere you go, so much that it it, it it's a little—it it drives me crazy a little bit. Great baseball player, but when I think about elite. I, I think it's somebody MVP or close to MVP
0: multiple times. Right. One of the best, not just at his position, but in the league. Yeah. Um, you know, for, for a few years. He sure. was a seven-time All-Star.
1: Now, some um, some folks may say that But I case, don't think he
0: ever led the league in, like, homers or RBIs. Yeah, he, or, just
2: he was just well, an a MVP. good player. He good was player. really, really, really good. Well,
1: and, and some folks may say that that an induction for someone like Roland or even the increased support for Andrew Jones is an indication that defense is being weighed more heavily. Omar Vizquel gets votes, which is almost entirely based on what he did as a defender and not what he did at the plate.
0: I'm not opposed to guys who. Scott Rowland didn't win more gold gloves or be in more uh, All Star games than David Wright.
1: Yeah, we, we looked we looked up David Wright's career yesterday. I mean, Scott Rowland and David Wright actually had remarkably
0: similar, you know, really. Uh, until yeah. around age 32, yeah. they, they and were. The injuries, and Wright, I and guess. Wright was probably. David a, Wright's a, a lifetime 296 hitter. Yeah. Yeah. Wright was probably a better with player. Right. Yeah, yeah, There's like
2: differences in the game, all those things. And so it all, it all factors in, no question about it. But yeah. Um, Sorry to to get us off off topic. Oh, no, 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 absolutely. um, I'm glad to get your thoughts because that's exactly the way I feel. I I like the guy. Uh, When I'm Hall of Fame, I'm thinking, man, that guy right there. That's it, no doubt.
1: If you were a voter, because I I don't know the answer to this question. If you you were a voter, how would you evaluate the players credibly accused of performance-enhancing drug use like a A A-Rod or a Manny or a Gary Sheffield who linger on the ballot even though the numbers would say they're a slam dunk, no question about it, Hall of Fame.
2: I don't know. I I really I hadn't I hadn't thought about it much. Um, you know, the thing is, is that you know maybe somebody that that was suspended during their career, I might have a little bit issue. But just the thoughts of after the fact, all oh, but you know during the era, whatever it was. I don't know. In the end, it's about baseball and and. Um, we don't, know many, we
1: don't know how many. We don't
2: that any of the pictures. Yeah, we're that's, see, were, that's, that's the, the thing. That's the we part. don't, we do don't you, have test do you know? results from all do, the players. Where, do, you know or where, do, you, where no. do Where does it go from? And so I'd, I'd have I'd, I would lean towards going. Hey, that guy was a great baseball player. Uh, put him in because Barry Bonds was a great baseball player before he gained forty pounds. and Hit a bunch of home absolutely. Runs.
0: He, he won MVPs yes. before
2: he did that. He did yes. All right, uh, Jason. We mentioned uh, you.
0: You mentioned baseball practice getting started Friday. Uh, a lot of excitement around baseball um, as the, you know. Season tickets are sold out. Uh, I think everybody really looking forward to it. Questions? Uh, I was I was asked that, uh, this this morning. Um,
2: you know, just about what what are the questions? What are your biggest question marks about this baseball team? Yeah, it's it's youth on the mound, inexperience, not necessarily youth. There's some guys that are that are a little older, but just haven't pitched at this level very much. And and so you, you look at, at you know, and, and it's a question that that Butch has asked me, and Carl Nonamaker asked me. How do you get old on the mound? It's it's hard to get old on the mound because right. normally, if you have somebody that is is that good, then they're going to sign out of high school. Um, you know, they're going to be gone. Um, Auburn was able to get some of those guys on campus this year. When you think about you know Zach Crotchfeldt, lefty pitcher from New Jersey that's you know ninety four, ninety five. I mean that you don't have you don't find many of those guys in, in the college ranks. And think about him, and then the other side of the equation, Drew Nelson from you know Pike Lib and, and Troy, who is a winner you know, five eleven, two hundred pounds, Hayden Galimo kind of guy for uh-huh. the old school folks. And then Hayden Murphy is the six three righty that that's ninety 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 five and can throw it, you know, downhill. Um, you know, those guys in the mix to be a starting rotation guy. Can Chase Awesome step into a rotation guy? Joseph Gonzalez can you pick up where he left off? And then, you know, you lose the back end with Carson Skipper and Blake Burkhalter, such important pieces mm-hmm. to this team. And so, you know, Chase Iswell that transferred from Stanford last year and you know, there's a couple of guys, uh, you know, um, Will Cannon that came in from junior college, Trevor Horn, who redshirted last year. Some of those guys, how do they fit Trevor so, it'll be a Trevor Baldwin? So it's going to be a, a lot of committee, I think, in, in terms of pitching. But you look at the position, guys, and looks like, a,
0: you know, it looks like there's some real there's some talent, a lot of
2: power and, potential. And, and bats, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of power potential in this lineup when you start thinking about Nate LaRue coming back behind the plate and, um, the deepest catching position maybe in the history of Auburn baseball. When you think about Nate LaRue, Ike Irish coming in as a true freshman. You got Ryan Dial there and they added the junior college transfer as well. Um, so, you know, you look at those guys behind the plate and you think about up the middle. Um, you know, Cole, Cole Foster moves from second to short and kind of taking his turn at shortstop. Still got Casey Howell back in center field and you know, Bobby Pierce in the outfield. You got some guys that have done it. And so, um, Pierce's bat came alive at the very end of the season in yeah. a way where, I mean, if,
1: if, if, he, can, if he can string together right. a significant stretch of a season hitting it like that, yeah. I mean, it, it changes. It's
2: a game changer because it, now you had, you had Justin Kirby in as well. Um, you had Justin Kirby as an outfielder from Kent State. who had 14 home runs last year. who was the, the conference freshman of the year, um, you know, two years earlier. Um, power, strong arm, can run. So you got those guys in the outfield out there. And then you bring in Cooper McMurray. Uh, at first base a big big kid transfer uh from kansas um you know kate uh green at, at second base is a junior college transfer i think second and third base uh are still the ones where you look at it and go they got some competition to go mm-hmm. there gavin miller's a true freshman at, at third that could could play a role and do some of those things and so i think i think that's some of the things but talents there um how quickly does it come together because you even you know even saw like a. You know, last year at Ole Miss. Ole Miss was a team that didn't figure it out until probably halfway through the SEC schedule. Um, almost didn't get into the NCAA tournament. But by the time they got in there, they were the hottest team in the country, and they rode it all the way to the national championship. So can you find it early enough to, to kind of get through this gauntlet of of Southeastern Conference play?
0: Uh, you were talking about catchers. Um, obviously, you can
2: you can catch one, DH one um any of the guys working at other spots nope nope right now they you know they're, they're letting those guys concentrate you know I, ike irish is a guy that Larue is going to be your everyday guy i mean defensively he's so good and he's he's changed his batting stance a little bit he's open to kind of so he can see the pitcher with both eyes and it's helped him helped him a lot in the fall um so ike irish left-handed bat physical and a, a really good hitter i i think I would I would pencil him in right now as the D H That's what I was thinking. I think a guy that catches probably a little bit during the season, but I mean, you know, you got a guy like, you know, I think the only way it changes is if you know nobody steps up maybe at first base. That's the position I could see somebody sliding to, potentially. But even there, they're they're looking at a guy like Brody Wortham who came from West Georgia. as a, as a potential first baseman, too. So they've got numbers. They've got guys. It's just a matter of who was, steps up. Was there a
1: transfer from Kansas at first yeah. base to yeah. that? I mean, that, that's yeah. another player who had a big Hoover, big season last year, right? He's a big McMurray, guy.
2: Is 6'3", 250, yeah. lefty. Um, really came on at the end of the fall. And, uh, you know, I think the, the thing that jumps out to me when I look at these guys is that this team looks more like an LSU baseball team than an Auburn baseball team. You know, you don't. Big guys. There, that can there's smash some physical the ball. guys. Yeah. You, you know <laughs> Justin Kirby looks like a running back. I mean, he looks like a a you know guy. You go that guy's five eleven, two hundred pound running back. And and so Bobby Pierce is a big guy. I mean, like mm-hmm. this isn't a small Auburn baseball team like you're kind of used to in the past.
0: Yeah, Auburn Auburn would be the lean team that you know you you count on having pretty good speed. Yeah, and and, 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 and uh, you know go first to third that kind of and thing.
2: Craig, and and you know really in the last few years, other than the 2010 that had Hunter Morris and Kevin Patterson those guys that brian Fletcher and Trent Mummy you know last year you think last few years you think about Edward Julian and, and stephen Williams and mm-hmm. having some size and then obviously you get Sunny in last year with that group and has some power potential i think that's what this team does as well is it has some strong power potential to 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 get into the season
0: we're about uh, ready for our final break of hour number 1 and oh by the way when when Jason's talking about this me uh maybe being the the deepest catching core i mean uh, you, you go back and remember when Casey Dunn and David Ross on the same team. were on the same team. Yep. So that gives you an idea of the, of the kind of talent that there is. We'll get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join us. We're at Big Mike Steakhouse here on the Wednesday Drive.
3: Let's get back to the drive. The Drive, with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into The Drive, final segment of our number one. Now that was a productive
0: commercial break. That was, because we got a chance to... Uh, to uh, quickly chow down, sample, sample wow, sample yeah, absolutely. Load, right? uh, let's see, as we got some of the uh, the, the fried cheese, the the uh, to the tiger shrimp, the wickles fried pickles. How all good, is that, How good is, it is that tiger
1: shrimp? How good it is! It's so good that wow. it's probably gone. Now. Yeah, I mean that that thing flew off the. Uh, that thing flew off the platter. Cheese, cheese
2: wedges are, are really good. Oh, cheese wedges so are good too. They are, they are the best right, here. you could make, no make an appetizer <laughs> meal without question. You do a little small plates action, mm-hmm. and, and,
1: and yeah, and so Wednesday and Thursday here at Big Mike's happy hour from four to six, half off a couple of their a couple of their most popular. Uh, appetizers. They've also got drink specials, half off uh, all draft beer, well drinks, bloody marys, mimosas, as well. So come on by. We're going to be here till six o'clock. Auburn and Texas A and M tonight at Neville Arena, getting started at eight p.m. That game is on
0: one of the ESPN networks. Two. Okay. Is it on the thank you, Thank you, Ben. Okay, thank you, I didn't realize where it was because I'll be watching it live tonight in person. Looking forward to that. Hey, I think we had. Um, uh, did, did you see the note that we got from Tracy? No, um, we had someone that had a couple of tickets that uh that that he wasn 't going to be able to uh to use If you call um, if you call him we can we can try to pass that number. You know, we we can get Drew to maybe get you connected. Well, we have somebody selling a couple of tickets, trying to. I believe so. All right, cool. Yeah, I, I had not I had not
1: heard
2: that, but there that's, are not uh, a lot of tickets nope. available for any of these ball games. Yeah. I mean, and uh, it, it, and it, it's tough to find. This is this is one where you would feel like there's there they're probably going to be some tickets because, to be of, had a, because of because of late so late yes. week night start. Yep, and and this is one where you could probably get eight thousand students in the game. It, to be quite honest, if you had room, you could probably get that many in at eight o'clock start, um, but. Uh, I think it'll be a really good student presence. Hey, you know, it's 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 funny to talk to people who maybe worked here or lived here 20 years ago when you tell them that, look, December basketball games with no students here are sold out and can't get a ticket, and they right. just start laughing. I'm like, it, it, it's you know, it, you you had you had one sellout a year. For many, many years of Auburn basketball, that's when Alabama came here. The life, maybe Kentucky, maybe Kentucky, yeah, because Kentucky. there would be if, a lot if, of if
0: Auburn was competitive, or, especially.
2: or there would be a lot of Kentucky. Oh yeah, from all the, the, from all the, the yeah, the But yes, it's it's it is such
1: such a night and day difference. The li- yeah, the life that's been injected into this program, and when you see some of the places in the conference where things aren't going well right now, and you you know even when a even when a top twenty five team comes to Oxford. Right, You don't you don't see that kind of life and that kind of energy uh, at that basketball program. And there are a couple of them. They're probably the most prominent example spe- right
2: now. Yeah, especially after building a new building and, and hiring a new coach. That's one where I thought, okay, that thing, that's going to have a chance to take off a little bit. And it just hasn't. And they've recruited fairly well. Yeah. And they've gotten some pretty good players. So, so Jason, I mean, do you, uh, I was
0: asked this earlier today, too. I mean, um, the SEC, three ranked teams.
2: Uh, is the SEC down a little bit this year? I, I think, I, I, you know, it's it's hard to tell. I think it's probably a little down. I really do. Uh, and, the, you know, it's it's going to be an issue. It really is. Um, because I don't know what it's going to take to get, you know, a fourth or fifth team in from a conference record standpoint in this league because you look at the Big 12 and Big 10, and they're just going to get just a load of teams in. The, the Big Twelve is, and it's really good. It really is. I watched Kansas State and Iowa State last night, and those are teams that most people won't blink at right now. They're really good. Other than Oklahoma in that league, the Big Twelve is is pretty darn top heavy. And in the Big Ten, they're talking about getting nine or ten teams out of the Big Ten, and so you start l- thinking about the possibility of of at large bids in this league, and you start going, okay, whoever the champion is, let's say right now Alabama, and you go, okay, Alabama, and you got Tennessee. You got Auburn, Kentucky would would, You're would expect- be in the Kentucky mix. Kentucky is now starting to play more they like are. what people thought. Arkansas has has really struggled lately. Yeah, Arkansas. You think Arkansas and Missouri are the next best chance? I think Texas A and M. We'll see. We'll see how they continue right. to move forward in the second half of this season. Um, it, it's hard to find anybody else after that right now. It really is mm-hmm. in this league, and 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 so that doesn't give you many options. Those the teams in that top half cannot afford a loss or two at the bottom half of this. I mean, they, they, that's going to be the thing now. But uh, yeah, to to get back to it, I think the depth of the league is good. I just don't know that you don't have the, the strength at the middle or bottom that, that you've had in the past few years. Doug with Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers. Jason, while well, we got a second, tell,
1: tell everybody about the work you and everybody else is doing at that website.
2: Yeah, like like you said, uh, you know, just, just tons of things going on. Obviously, uh, you know, kind of ramping up towards baseball season, but you know, softball season as well. You know, Philip Marshall, Mark Murphy have done both done things on on softball and, and covering that sport. But you know, football is the lifeblood, and and we've we've been giving a transfusion, um, to say the least. I mean, we, we were we were struggling, um, and now there there's been a, a there's been a blood transfusion for, you know, everybody in terms of Auburn football, and it's, it has been tremendous. Tons of recruiting you know, right now from the portal, team stuff going on as well.
1: There's an exciting golf story. Right now, with Auburn as well, right? You got the young man who, uh, who just finished. Uh,
2: well, he just, just finished in uh, some sort of tournament. Just finished high in the uh, in his amateur tournament. Yeah, I mean, like like both 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 sides, men's and women's golf, uh, are tremendous and doing really well. I mean, look at all the teams that are ranked right now and coming out of here. and um, It's a good time, and and so now you think about football, and football is the, is obviously the, the bill payer. Everything mm-hmm. revolves around that, and you know we talked about it. We have a ton of coverage. You know, Christian Clemente um, is kind of heading up. The, the, the main stuff they 're recruiting, and he ain't, he hadn 't slowed <coughs> down one bit trying to help out as much as possible but we'll be we'll be busy from from dawn to dark on Saturday um, and dealing with those things, and it 'll be all hands on deck to to have a huge day there
0: uh, would Would you be surprised if uh, if auburn doesn 't get a commitment or so over the weekend?
2: not necessarily uh, you no know, uh, I think when you when you look at at um, you know, the way these things go, a lot of times this is kind of the first, yeah. The first, a lot of times kids are going to wait till June and uh, now, now, June, July. I wouldn't be surprised to see Auburn get a commitment or two next week okay. sometime around signing day for maybe a 24 kid or two. Um, I can see that possibility happening, but no, I, I, you know, I don't know that there'll be a lot of things happening this weekend. This is kind of setting the table for down the road, but I, you know, you get a couple of guys that want to go next week's a good time to do it.
0: Jason Caldwell with us here as we are winding down hour number one. Jason, man, I really, we really appreciate you spending some time with us. Let everybody know how they can keep up with
2: everything that you and all the guys are doing. Yeah, you can check us out at auburnundercover.com. We'll get you there. AUtigers.com. We'll get you there as part of the 247 network. And you can also follow me on Twitter at ITAT, Jason. All right. Uh, go in and warm up. I'll see you over yeah. at the arena. See you, guys. All right. Uh, we're halfway done here on the
0: Wednesday Drive. Coming to you from Big Mike Steakhouse. Come on in and join us.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Round two. ESPN one zero six seven WGZZ HD three Waverly and W two nine four AR Auburn Opelika. This. I'm Christine Lisi. Today, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes put to rest any doubt regarding his status for Sunday's AFC Championship game versus the Bengals. He said he's ready to go. Also said he's continuing to get treatment on his high ankle sprain and that the ankle has progressed. He participated in the morning walkthrough and practice as well. With an injured Mahomes, there is one player in particular that's key for the Chiefs offense Sunday. Explains ESPN's Marcus Spears.
4: Outside of the offensive line, which is obvious is Isaiah Pacheco, mm-hmm. their running back. Listen, this is about the run game for Andy Reid. Isaiah Pacheco with 4-3-4, four, four, almost 4-2 four, speed. We saw that burst last week in the game against Jacksonville. He can be the difference maker not only to give them a running game but to also keep pressure off of patrick Mahomes.
3: 49ers running backs christian mccaffrey and elijah mitchell and receiver debo samuel all set out today's practice as they deal with various injury issues coach kyle shanahan though did express confidence they'll be able to all play in sunday's nfc title game at philadelphia nba espn's dave McMenamin reports lakers set to welcome anthony davis from a foot injury against the spurs tonight ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier to help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1 800 Progressive. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive.
0: Cows. That's where we are, here on uh, Shug Jordan Parkway, right. Uh, you know, right, right down from the intersection of Wire Road and Shug. If you haven't been out here, man, shame on you. Delicious food. Uh, they've got uh, some great deals right now. It's happy hour for the next hour. Every uh, every Wednesday and Thursday, four to six, happy hour going on with half off the apps, and half off uh, all draft beers, well drinks, bloody marys, and mimosas. Wednesdays
1: and Thursdays here at Big Mike's 4 to 6 those appetizers, they were nice enough to bring out for us, too. And I, I have to speak of them in the past tense. That's right. They, they were. Are, they
0: are gone. They were delicious. But
1: they were outstanding. And yeah, they are it. delicious, the tiger, but uh, there
0: aren't any more here.
1: The tiger shrimp, half off from four to six. Oh, yeah. The homemade fried pickles, half off from four to six. The uh, the wickles, fried pickles, fried mushrooms as well. Lots of great stuff Oh, and the Oh,
0: and the cheese wedges. That's
1: right. The, 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 the Chuck Wagon cheese fries. So oh. lots of great stuff here at Big Mike's to try out. Got time to come out here and get yourself something to eat before Auburn and Texas A&M. Tonight at Neville Arena, 8 p.m., the start for that game.
0: As and that's what, that's what happens when you, uh, when you start being a consistently good team. You get the late starts. Right,
1: well, you, you get
0: the... You know, pro- you'll have two or three teams that will play at 6, and then you'll play at 8. Right, and, and for people who were wondering, like, what Bill's talking about, the, the 8 p.m. window, the 9
1: p.m. Eastern right. 8 p.m. window... For ESPN and ESPN2, that's one of the prime times because you start the game at 6 o'clock, uh, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central, especially people on the West Coast, maybe not home from work yet. You know, it's not exactly the, uh, the the ideal time for an event. Starting a little bit later, 8 o'clock, while it's not great for folks who want to travel into Auburn from out of town and go to the game, it's better for most tv audiences and espn oh yeah is thrilled to have a program like auburn at eight o'clock tonight on espn too yeah
0: much more desirable tv time uh and and so yeah so so be be glad of that be glad that you're a team that that uh, the networks want to be showing at eight o'clock but you're right it's tough for the folks coming from out of town it's tough sometimes for folks that have to get up early the next morning and go to work because games games don't uh, get over in two hours the way they used to. Plus, with the um, with with how difficult it is to get a ticket. And traffic there's a little bit of a traffic after after ball games. But hey, nobody's complaining because you're playing such good basketball. Auburn six and one, A and M five and one in conference coming in to play tonight. So a big ball game. Auburn looking to extend the longest winning streak, longest home court. Winning streak in the nation.
1: What are some of the things that stand out to you, Bill? You watch most of these games when you're not on a boat yeah, in the middle true. of the ocean. You you watch Auburn
0: basketball. I'm usually, yeah. I'm, well, I, I, I haven't missed one. I, well, I missed one at home because we're on the way right, but on you, the way down to uh, Fort Lauderdale. But for but, the but. most part, your attendance is pretty good at these things. Oh, uh, so, yeah. So I'm going to ask, like, what... My tickets get used. Where, I promise you that.
1: What do you... Um, what stands out to you as far as what Auburn has improved on over this win streak, what Auburn has been able to do in conference play that they were struggling with earlier
0: in the season. A couple of the things that Jason Caldwell was talking about, I mean, Auburn has played much better team ball. They've been uh, getting that extra pass. Early in the season, you'd see, you know, one dribble and a shot. Uh, you, know, you know, you didn't see many uh, balls being uh, reversed across, you know, back and forth across the court. And a lot of times there you'd see somebody that might flash open, but the uh, the ball handler wouldn't notice. Much much better job. Wendell Green I think has done a much better job of facilitating, distributing the ball. I mean, he is uh, he's really piling up the assists here lately. Uh, but I mean, Wendell's playing better. The return to health of Alan Flanagan has has really been big, and Jalen Williams has taken it on himself to uh, be a little more aggressive offensively. Something Bruce Pearl had wanted for quite a while you combine those with the uh continued presence of janai broom and auburn's got a few guys that can make you pay and, and and so therefore i mean they they have three or four and sometimes uh, you know sometimes five guys that can put up double figures and and that makes it very difficult for the other teams and auburn continues to be just a very solid defensive team i mean they're one of the top teams in steals and forced turnovers and uh, that's that's how a lot of their offense is created. Yeah, the defense is such a problem
1: that when when Auburn can string
0: together quality
1: offensive possessions, it really does become a tough puzzle for the other team to solve. And Auburn's possessions earlier in the season, whether it was early three pointers or not a lot of sharing the basketball, or you know, j- just just not some of the qualities we've seen of Bruce Pearl's best offenses. What we've seen of late has been. An unselfish team, a, a team that works to create really good shots, a team that rebounds on the offensive end.
0: I mean, th- this is yeah. Auburn has been one of the better rebounding, especially offensive rebounding yep. teams in the league, and that's one of the things that Bruce was a little concerned is a little concerned about for tonight because you know A and M isn't the tallest team. I believe they go six foot six two. 6'5", and then two six eight but players, but their 6'8", guys, are both around 250. And they're
1: fast, which means they feel like they can send three or four players yep. to the basket on the rebound and still get back in time to cut off the other team's transition game. You see that sometimes with these bigger, stronger teams. They only send their big, strong players to the basket, and everybody else goes back in transition, and Auburn can win that numbers game, four against two, or three against two, on the offensive glass. A&M is a team that's going to try to send as many as they can and still you know, drop a player or two back in transition. But it's a, it's a difficult team because you'd think, oh, we're, we're bigger than their post players. We're going to out-rebound right. them. Often that's not the case because they find a way to send uh, athletic, smaller players
0: in big numbers to the glass to go get the ball. Yeah, so we'll see if Auburn can continue the, the pattern they've had la- uh, the last couple of ball games. Auburn not, has not trailed. For, for two straight games, they've not trailed. I mean, if they can get out, get out to a quick lead, especially at home in front of this crowd tonight, it's going to be very difficult for A&M. So, I mean, that'll be interesting to see early on.
1: It's a Georgia team playing good basketball, too. Auburn's one conference loss yep. is against a Georgia team that is better than they've been of late in SEC play. Georgia's got uh, uh, Tennessee tonight in Knoxville. I think that's going yeah, to be a tough one. That's going to be a tough yeah. one for Georgia. but uh, And they're a 17-point underdog. I think the line reflects the fact that it's going to be a difficult time tonight for the University of Georgia. Four games in the conference tonight.
0: Yeah, Alabama got Mississippi State, right? And South Carolina They will win that one Handle
1: South Carolina's Handily. in Gainesville, Florida, a big favorite in that game as yeah. well.
0: There are, uh, how did South Carolina beat Kentucky? I don't know. How did I they mean, beat it, Just
1: a terrible game. Did you, did you watch
0: any of that ball yes. game? Yes, I mean, South Carolina was throwing up shots that nobody should ever attempt. I mean, the, you know, I, G. G. Jackson, I've, seen, I've, seen, I've seen better looking shots from kids taking. You know, the, the halftime horse things at Auburn. You know, they were playing horse out there. And, oh, taking, and they were going. They and, were hitting They them.
1: absolutely were. It was unbelievable. So, actually, you know, there's four games in the conference tonight. The Auburn game is the only one where the favorite is not a double-digit favorite. Auburn is a four-and-a-half-point favorite right now against A&M at the moment. The other three games in the SEC, big home favorites, Tennessee, Florida, and Alabama. Yep. Uh, you hey, think, you, you think? Any of those games, the other three? Uh, you know, think any of those teams have a chance of? I mean, I think, Georgia
0: I think georgia has got a chance of covering. Yeah, I but, mean, you know, staying within seventeen. And then, and then maybe
1: what, what you got to see a little. Well, uh, State is a uh, State's uh, actually. You didn't get to see State, right? You were in the ocean. No, no, for, I didn't for, get to for, see it for that game. But State's going to Alabama tonight. That's a that's a tough place. No, for, uh, that's no tough chance. place for anybody to go. No chance.
0: All right, uh, hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care, with locations at Auburn and Opelika on the web at orthoclinic.com. And we'd love to hear from you. If you can't make it out here and join us here at Big Mike's, give us a call on the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. You can also text the
1: show, 334-564-1840, the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors.
0: And we have a call on the Kia of Auburn hotline, and let's get to it. And text... Is up first. Hey, Tex. How you doing, Tex?
4: I'm, I'm doing well, guys. I wish I was there. That's good eating at Big Mike. So,
1: oh, uh, uh, you're you're absolutely right about that. Love being love being back at Big, Big Mike's, Tex.
4: Yeah, it is a required stop of the Morrises when uh, when we're in town. So, uh, a couple things. A little bit of basketball. Uh, you, Dan, you used to comment a minute ago about them being. Uh, unselfish. I, I early in the season said this might be the most selfish team I've ever seen play at Auburn and there's been a huge change from the body language to the willingness to distribute the basketball to the ability to rebound and get balls out and a lot of contributors. I, I've completely changed my mind about this team and I think they have gotten progressively better defensively than I get beat so bad uh, on high pit, high picks on the guards who were getting beat on the back door. so they've made some significant changes, and it's they're getting to be really fun to watch. Now, if we could just make a yeah, basket it, from three, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, at least they're not they're not they're not forcing up or taking as many as they were earlier, Tex. But no, I mean, as Jason said, you know, they had a team meeting; things just weren't going well. It didn't look good. I mean, I thought I thought Jason was. Uh, being very optimistic when he said, oh, he thought this was a team that probably would go 10-8, and and 11-7 in the conference. Auburn didn't look like a team that was going to be able to crack the 500 mark earlier this season when they weren't really, they just didn't seem cohesive. You know, we talked about the chemistry, how last year it was so unusual that so many new players, when you brought in Jabari and Walker and Wendell and Zepp and KD, you had those five new guys and they seemed to immediately... Have very good chemistry that 's unusual this is uh, this year it 's more like what you would expect when you have some new faces uh, taking a little bit uh, of time to get together but fortunately they didn 't you know they, they didn 't stay selfish though or they didn 't get down on uh, the fact that maybe all of their numbers weren 't what they wanted and became even more selfish no you 're absolutely right they have gotten. Um, less selfish. It's been more team oriented, and I think they all realize, hey, it's more fun if you make that extra pass yeah. and somebody gets that open shot, and and uh, and and it's it's a lot more fun playing from ahead than it is trying to battle from behind. Yeah, I
1: mean, I'm I'm not sure how much concern there was about individual numbers, but that's usually an explanation when you see uh, when, when you see the opposite of unselfish It's frustration play. sometimes, right. and and so. Um, <laughs> But what what you've, what you've seen of late has been, yeah, Auburn working to get the best shot regardless of whose shot it is. and That's the goal, right? Team over the individual. And that's uh, – it's it's led to some – and certainly from the point guard. I mean, it's led to some of the best basketball Auburn's played. <laughs> oh, in,
0: yeah, in, no in, doubt. In recent memory.
4: Well, I will tell you that KD's body language might have – I don't know exactly what he was telling us early on in the season, but his body language was not very good. And he is playing extremely good defense. Even though for some reason he still hasn't found his shot again, but he's dynamic off the dribble, and he is playing good defense. So, enough about basketball. I did my compliment for the for the last two weeks. So, uh, little holiday. Yeah, baseball it's time talk, for baseball, please. isn't it? Yes. Well, number one, uh, something that I've always wanted to do. I was able to secure season baseball tickets. Still not quite sure how. Uh, oddly enough. Section one hundred six, which means a lot to me, and has for years in Jordan Hare Stadium. So, uh, looking forward to baseball. Uh, it's going to be interesting because I believe in the Southeastern Conference, and then I'll get to the Hall of Fame before I hang up. I believe in the Southeastern Conference. There's probably eight teams that can get to Omaha, depending on how well, the draw comes out in regionals. Uh, stacked pitching, stacked hitting. It it is going to be an extremely fun league to watch this year. Not that it isn't always, but I'm not sure anybody's going to run away with it. I think there's going to be a lot of splits, and you know we'll go to Sundays trying to battle back and see who takes the series. And it wouldn't surprise me to see us have two or three teams that are 500 in the league to make it to Omaha. You're the one.
0: Oh, no, Do you- as, no, as good as this league is, I'd say uh, a team that's 500 is going to be scary for anybody in a regional, absolutely.
1: And there seem to be text more programs prioritizing baseball than there had been of late, whether it's the allocation of resources and. In- building quality facilities, or going out and hiring the best, coach, the best coach possible. And this is sort of what happens downstream when programs around the SEC with the resources they have decide they want to have a national championship caliber baseball
0: program. Well, like Jason said a while ago, I mean, you see teams like Ole Miss last year getting hot at the right time. They were a team that, you know, was on the verge of not even making the yep. SEC tournament. And they win the whole thing.
4: Yep. Yep, exactly. Okay, then a real little bit of a Hall of Fame talk. Okay, now I, I do have ties to the person that I'm going to talk about. I can't believe Scott Rowland got in before Will Clark. Will Clark's a career three hundred three hitter, played two less seasons. I think he's 20 home runs behind in two less seasons and is only maybe 150 hits behind in two full seasons. How is he not in the Hall of Fame? Before Scott Rowland.
0: it's a pos- it's a positional thing. I really think. I think uh, some some voters go, hey, there aren't enough third basemen. There aren't enough shortstops. To- look at all the first basemen. Uh, but but no, you're, you're right. Will Clark, uh, absolutely. If Scott Rowland's a Hall of Famer, there's no question. Will Clark should be a Hall well, of Famer.
1: And I think that that's maybe an argument. Nothing against Will Clark, but the argument against Scott Rowland would be that if Scott Rowland belongs in, then there are a bunch of other guys on the ballot or guys who didn't get in from previous ballots who have a stronger argument because Scott Rowland's in the Hall of Fame. I mean, I I thought, because you can go in a lot of different directions there, I'm I'm not sure. I mean, there's the course Field aspect. I'm not sure Scott Rowland had a better career than Todd Helton. Um, and, no. and, and Todd Helton, who almost got in, did not get in on the most recent ballot. He was the—he's going to be the leading returnee from on, on next year's ballot from from this year. But Carlos Beltran, there's a lot, big can of worms with, with Carlos Beltran, more than your usual scandal-ridden player, because you also have the Houston Astros 2017 situation to factor in with Carlos Beltran. But no, there there were, I, I, it's like we were saying with Jason. I have no problem with Roland in a vacuum. <laughs> I, I think there's a, he's got a really compelling case, but but for you to present that ballot to me and say the only guy who's getting in is Scott Rowland, uh, you know I I just I struggle to come to that conclusion.
4: Well, uh, and Hilton was a first baseman too. So by the way, that's that's <laughs> right. Kind of interesting that the two guys we're talking about were first baseman and not third baseman. And don't get me that's wrong, like I'm, the, I'm a huge hey, Cardinals fan.
1: Well, I'd, I'd love your thoughts on. Well, I'd, I'd love your thoughts on the question we asked uh, Jason in the in the in the segment. We were talking about uh, some of the players on the ballot who the numbers would indicate that they're Hall of Famers, but maybe because they've been credibly accused of performance enhancing drug use, they're not getting in. Alex Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, Gary Sheffield, Andy Pettit potentially could could fall into that mix. Where are you on those players getting into the Hall of Fame? Uh,
4: if you let pitchers in who doctored the ball and admitted to it in books and in speeches afterwards, you're, you're not going to let guys doing something that technically wasn't against the rules at that time? It was discouraged, so but it was not technically against the rules. That, that is a very that. good it's point, against text. the rules to doctor the baseball. It was Absolutely not against the rules to take PEDs. Yeah, so I would tell you, look, Pete Rose is one of the greatest baseball players ever. I could give two hoots whether or not he bet on baseball as a manager. That man, he's yeah, been in the of Fame. Judge, has,
0: that has nothing to do with his qualifications for the Hall of Fame as a player.
1: Yeah, and, and, for, and if someone, he, for, for, for someone my age who saw Bonds and A-Rod and didn't maybe get to see some of the great players of previous eras, to tell me those guys aren't Hall of Famers... I mean, it really invalidates. No, it's like a lot saying, of,
0: it's, forget those, yeah. forget those numbers. Forget it's what really
1: you saw. It in, yeah. a lot of the great, a lot of the great baseball I saw for like more than half of my life. And yeah, just I mean, and those are those are two prominent examples. But there, oh, are yeah. more, there are more of them. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's not an argument against Scott Rowland, but Scott Rowland was hardly the best player on the most recent Hall of Fame ballot. And for him to get in, uh, you know, it, it's more questions yeah. than answers.
4: Well, I would just tell you this. If it's about not cheating or breaking the rules, Ty Cobb would not be in the Hall of Fame. The dirtiest, filthiest player probably ever to play. He played aggressive. He played hard, but he was a great player. And technically, they didn't enforce some of the rules back then, and some of them weren't rules when he played. I, oh, I right. just—it's hard for me. And if you think a group of twenty guys, only one or two pitchers in that twenty were the only ones that were using something that everybody else was having success with there were significantly more players that have that used that i've been around baseball all my life and i'm still around it people look not, for every know, not, edge that they can get not to every mention, not to mention
1: text there there probably are players who were inducted into the hall of fame recently that were just as credibly accused of performance-enhancing drug use as some of the guys who didn't get in. There are questions about David Ortiz and whether or not David Ortiz was clean his entire career. There are questions about Pudge Rodriguez and whether or not he Mike was Piazza. clean his entire career. Mike Piazza, Jeff yeah. Bagwell yeah. has been has been accused yeah. in, in different circles. So, I mean, it's not even as though that policy is being applied uniformly because it feels like, well... He may have cheated, but he
4: was nice to the media. That's right, he was a so, nice guy. So we're, we're voting yeah. him in instead of Bonds. He was or, or nice A-Rod, to the media or Manny. Yep. Yeah. Well, I watched Big Poppy one time turn ninety-seven into the last row of the upper decks in Houston. He deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. If you can do that <laughs> with a ninety-seven mile an hour fastball, yeah, he you. Yeah. deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. No matter what you do. his his, his well, problem might have been. If you can do that more than Yeah. yeah. Without question, he did it way more than once. But, oh yeah. Uh, to hit balls like that, it's, it's phenomenal. When you have half a second to a second to make your decision, look, the game is about the players. And if you, this to me, judging after is a complete mistake. And again, the number one player that I'll bring up is Pete Rose. Pete Rose by far should be in. He is the one of the. He's one of the greatest baseball players of all time. He was just a moron when he was a manager, and and so, yeah. don't put him in he's as a manager. He's not a nice guy either. So I
0: mean, he's not going to get any yes. breaks because well, he's true. not a nice guy. Yeah,
4: that's absolutely true. All right, guys, I appreciate the time. Great stuff, Dex. We need to get to our
0: first break of hour number two. Bill and Dan coming to you from Big Mike Steakhouse here on the Wednesday Drive
3: live on The Drive. (laughs) The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502 or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Drive. Wednesday evening. It's great though. It is... uh... It's 5:30 and it's not dark. You can tell the days are getting longer. I mean, you know, just uh, spring rapidly approaching. Even if we wouldn't doesn't feel like it, it but yeah, we wouldn't feel like it. You know, that's the you know what it right feels now. like? It feels like the start of baseball yeah? right now. Usually, usually we have this warm snap just before the season starts, and then opening day it's frigid. For,
1: for folks, for folks going to Neville Arena tonight, bundle up. It's going to be. It's going to feel like 38 or so when you leave the arena tonight. That's what I would say. It's going to feel mid Lay- mid to yeah, high 30s. Layers
0: that you might be able to shed yeah. inside because inside Neville Arena, it gets warm. Mid to, At least up by our seats, it's it's usually pretty warm.
1: Mid to high 30s tonight when the game is over, so be ready if you're going tonight with some warm weather to get to your car. And then this weekend... Uh, we got a couple of lows under uh,
0: under the freezing Under point. freezing, yeah. I mean, we're going to be in the 20s, it looks like, for a couple of That's nights. That's right. We got, got
1: a low of 30 on Friday, low of 31 on Saturday. So stay warm. Take care of the, what, the pets and the plants and the pipes and all that and stuff. And the peeps. And That's the right. Pe- and the peeps, yeah. Don't make them sleep outside uh, tonight as, uh, as as Auburn. And Texas a get started at 8 o'clock here in Auburn.
0: Yep, uh, as as and in, we were talking with Jason Caldwell. Hope you had a chance to hear Jason, who was on with us for the uh, for the first hour, because we talked about a few of the things. Uh, obviously, talked some football recruiting. We talked basketball. Sure, we talked a good bit about tonight's matchup and uh, Texas A and M with their. They've got a combination of bulk. It's not really height. It's bulk, but uh, quickness and uh, yeah, Buzz Williams teams just seem to just seem to be a bother i mean they're they're hard to just get things going again you know what he is and and
1: i think part of it is because he also tends to ignore having a bulky uh we're using the word bulk a lot in this segment but to to have a uh a traditional post presence around the basket that that's of, of prototypical size in the conference they tend to go smaller and more athletic with their post players and that can be a, a difficult matchup for Auburn because Auburn likes to do the same thing. Janai Broom is key tonight, Bill. What can he do against an A and M attack that's a little bit smaller and a little bit different from the attack that they usually uh, that, that Auburn usually sees?
0: huh you know, I don't know. I mean, Auburn has been very good lately at uh, you know do really running the inside out game. Janai's got an advantage. I mean, he's he's going to be taller than any of those guys. Uh, I mean, they're going to try to body him up. and and try to physical him out from down low. But uh, I think uh, Janai and Jalen's ability, both of them, uh, especially Jalen, are excellent passers for big guys. Jalen, I've always thought that that Jalen underrated for his ability to pass the ball. Um, You know, get it and find somebody, see if they can get a a mismatch because Auburn's going to have a little bit of a, a height advantage over uh, over Texas A&M. Yeah, Henry Coleman
1: has been uh, A&M's leading big man statistically. He's the Duke transfer uh-huh. that's uh, that, that's coming on. He's averaging about 10 points, six rebounds per game. I think he'll be tasked with holding his own against Janai or Jalen around the basket. That's going to be a key matchup for A&M.
0: And, and Auburn has a little more depth. I mean, we'll, you know, Auburn would like to have it a little more up-tempo. Uh, A&M, A&M likes to sort of slow you down, make it sluggish a little bit. Uh, they, they don't... They don't play quite as many players as, as Bruce does. So, I mean, that, that could be something as well. You, know, you, you really hope to see, I mean, I really do at least, I hope to see Alan Flanagan get off to a quick start. Because he's caught, you know, he's had a lot of criticism from, uh, from some Auburn people that wondered, should he be playing as much? And, and now he's playing better, but he got a lot of it done on the road. So uh, it'd be great to see him get off to a quick start tonight at home. We'll get to our bottom-of-the-hour break. Love for you to join in, either here at Big Mike's, because still plenty of time, two and a half hours till till tip. Still got an opportunity to take advantage of happy hour going on with the half-off apps and drinks. And we're here till 6 o'clock at Big Mike's on the Wednesday
3: Drive. Drive continues continues, 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 continues. continues. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334 321 1390. Toll free at 888 382 7502. Or email TheDrive at ESPNAU.com.
0: Welcome back into The Wednesday Drive. Bill and Dan. And, and a few other folks out here on the deck at Big Mike Steakhouse. Good crowd inside taking advantage of uh, tonight's special as well as the uh, uh, the the happy hour deals. I mean, some great deals going on. But the special for today is the uh, bone-in smoked pork chop with demi-glaze and redfish. Those are the specials of the day.
1: That's right, and you still got um, what, half, half off the... Half off the appetizers until 6 o'clock. Tiger shrimp, wickles fried pickles, homemade fried mushrooms, and the Chuck Wagon cheese fries. You've also got half off drinks, all draft beer, well drinks, Bloody Marys and mimosas, Wednesdays and Thursdays. Happy hour here at
0: Big Mike's from 4 to 6. 334-321-1390. That's the key of Auburn Hotline. We'd love to hear from you. What do you think about tonight's matchup against Texas A&M? Uh, what are you thinking about basketball thus far?
1: Well, you know, we, we talked um, we talked some football in hour number one with Jason Caldwell, and I asked him of the players Auburn is attracted via the transfer portal. Is there one or more than one that, that he's intrigued to see early on in spring practice, which will get started in a few weeks? He, he looked to the line of scrimmage and especially the defensive line right. as far as, as, as some of his uh, – and then he mentioned uh, uh, Ricardo Fairweather. Uh,
0: I, I, think, well. I think the offensive linemen too, though. Dylan Wayne, sure. Gutter Britton, the two tackles. Uh, Xavier Miller, the junior college uh, transfer, as well as uh, Avery Jones there at center. I mean, the, the, the lines are going to be really interesting, you know, to, to sort of um, keep up with here this spring if Auburn's going to, you know, especially if Auburn wants to make that big step forward. Well, and, and to add a home run threat like Brian
1: Batee. Too. Yeah, mean, I mean, no to, kidding. To, to add someone like that, and the that fact
0: that most of those guys are here
1: to Jarquez Hunter and, and everything else Auburn should have in the ground uh, next season to be able to add somebody like that is a real accomplishment for Hugh Freeze and his staff. And I want to see, I want to see what Batie looks like as sort of a supplemental uh-huh. piece on an offense with with a lot of uh, a lot of interesting skill position players. For a guy who was a top group of five running back last year, now making the jump to Auburn, you imagine Jarquez and Batie are going to figure out. Some kind of rotation. They're different backs, so you know they'll they'll be used in different ways. But I mean, we, we saw when Ontario McCaleb was spelling guys oh, like yeah. Ben Tate and and Michael Dyer. And, oh, you and,
0: find ways to get them all, get them the ball. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's,
1: it's it's a uh, it's it's going to be a challenge for Hugh Freeze and, and and his coaches to to figure out how to distribute things. But it's a nice, it's a really nice piece to add.
0: Yeah, and. Uh, um, and, and that'll get started before long before then though I mean Auburn's got a uh, um, they've got a huge junior day. I was just looking at some of the, the players expected to be here. Jason was talking about you know Christian Clemente keeping everybody updated on that. I mean it looks like around 24 guys who are at least four stars in this weekend and maybe around 30 players and these are going to be class of 24, 25, maybe a, a class of 26. Uh, player or two coming in, and uh, as as Hugh Freeze and staff look to really try to you know get in as early as possible on some of the top young talent around the country.
1: And we had that conversation Monday with Brian Matthews, where he said, uh, "Yeah, expect for I mean, really at any time, even this weekend, you could see some junior commitments. Right? You could see some. Oh class, yeah. You could see some class of 24." Players at different positions who are going to make the trip to Auburn, uh, c- you know, consider uh, coming to uh, you know to, to to at least add their name to the list of 2024 commitments. So yeah, that's something to watch for too. As Hugh Freeze is not just building a, a, a team, he's not just building commitments who are going to uh, to be on the field this fall. He's also looking ahead to future uh, future signing classes and and getting started early with some of the underclassmen Auburn has uh, around the. Uh, some of the underclassmen Auburn has uh, targeted uh, with the uh, with upcoming classes.
0: Yeah, some of the top. I mean, some of the top players in the country. And now it's interesting that uh, that Alabama, after Auburn announced its Junior Day, Alabama announced they were having a Junior Day as well. <laughs> so I mean, those those teams sort of uh, really continuing to battle each other to see where those some of the top players are going. But Auburn's going to have. Its share for sure of top talent coming in this weekend, and uh, yeah i wouldn 't be surprised i mean don't go don 't be expecting like on Saturday some commitments, but as jason said wouldn 't be a shock to have some here in the next week or so, but what you want to do is you want to uh, have them you know want to make that impression on these guys so that as they start making visits and going around uh, the southeast and the country and then start going to camps. That, that they're comparing things to their visit to Auburn.
1: And it's the only way to keep your head above water in, in a league like this. When, when you play the teams that Auburn will play year in and year out in football, and, and when you are recruiting against these teams, you have to try to win some of these battles. You have to go in and, and, and hold your own against other top SEC programs because if you can't do it on the recruiting trail, you're not going to be able to do it on the field, and Auburn is, uh, is is trying to close the gap between Auburn's uh, most uh, Auburn's most recent roster and and some of the other rosters in the conference. And I think Hugh Freeze
0: has taken steps to add important pieces of talent to that roster. Oh yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, as, as we as evidenced in the flips late in recruiting, the additions through the transfer portal, uh, we we did just briefly mention, you know that a week from today man this is crazy just a few years ago signing day was the big day as far as recruiting is concerned before you had the transfer portal before the early signing period uh this is when all the players there aren't that many left auburn um right now i don't know of any anyone other than jeremiah Cobb that auburn's expecting to sign next wednesday and and we haven't heard anything there's no uh, there's no reason for concern that he didn't sign remember everyone there at the school is is planning on having a big ceremony for the for the entire group and he wanted to be part of that so that will be that may well be auburn's lone addition in the uh, in the late signing period but uh that'll be a nice one another running back in uh, in jeremiah cobb and jeremiah cobb is another piece that you add to the 2023
1: team and I mean, tomorrow Alston is, is returning as well. I mean, Auburn will have several capable running backs. Yeah, they'll
0: have five scholarship Sean, defensive yeah, Sean, backs.
1: Sean Jackson as well. So, I mean, there, there's, there's five different uh, players. Three of them saw the field last year at different times. Then you add Brian Bettee and uh, Jeremiah Cobb to it. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a talented room that appears ready to absorb the loss of Tank Bixby, who's moving on to the NFL, as I think a lot of people expected after his junior year.
0: Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Uh, give us your thoughts on uh, basketball. Are, are you? How, how does everybody feel? Auburn's played much better lately. I'd love to get the the feel from people as you know fans as to do you feel like Auburn's about where you thought they'd be? Are they maybe a little ahead of where you thought they'd be? I, I think people from a month ago would say, "Hey, Auburn's maybe a little better than I thought." Maybe people who. Preseason, though, we're thinking, well, Johan Treor and and Christian Westry are going to come in, Chance uh, Westry are going to come in and, you know, be Jabari Smith. uh, Those type guys are going to be one and duns. Might be a little disappointed. But I think Auburn's progressing pretty well. I mean, I, I like the fact that Traor's gotten a little more playing time the last couple of ball games. I'm looking forward to seeing him in person again this evening feels, and just seeing how things like, progress. Feels
1: like the window's closing on Chance Westry producing It re- it, it does. I mean, for him, does. for him not to be in the game, when Auburn's up 26 right. against South Carolina, for Chance Westry not to play there, you wonder when he could play – in conference play, or if it's going to be a situation where they reevaluate after the year, you know where where he fits in in this program, and and decide oh, what to do next year. But it's uh, uh no for for Auburn uh, the you know the first couple of games, the Florida game and the and the Georgia game, I think indicated that that conference play could be a real struggle, and Auburn was especially on the road, going to have a hard time outclassing some of these teams. But Wendell Green has played so well it started with that Arkansas game and since then Auburn has been just a really really tough matchup at different spots for for these league teams and that's something that yeah I I don't know if that's going to change I don't know if Auburn's going to be in in a situation where uh, where they can't uh, uh, where they can't hold their own against at the very least most of the teams left on this schedule Tennessee and Alabama I mean it remains to be seen what happens when oh gets yeah gets on
0: the floor well With you get teams, both those home and away
1: you get both of them twice so Auburn is uh Auburn's gonna have a chance to be battle tested but they are they are closer to the top of the conference right now than I thought they'd be after watching the Florida game and the Georgia oh after game. after
0: the first Especially, couple of conference yeah. games in that Georgia law I mean, because Auburn had, had had to be battling back to win, and then they lost that Georgia game. But no, I agree with you. I think I think Auburn is is further along now. Maybe I mean maybe it's something that we should have sort of expected because uh, last year, like I said a while ago, I think was uh, a little bit of a, an exception. To have such chemistry so quickly with so many new players, but uh, yeah, I was just wondering. I was going to look at the stats, and I was like, I don't guess there's any way Chance Westry could get a red shirt. He's played in 11 ball games, so no. I mean, um,
1: but I mean, your red shirts are also. I mean, is Chance West yeah, is play? Yeah, no,
0: that's true. If he's good enough, then doesn't matter. Yeah, He'll he, be gone. He doesn't
1: strike me as a guy's going to play five years. No, no, you're right. You're right. One, one way or the other. So that's a. Um, uh, no, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, Chance Westry, It just for I think for especially the Israel trip. You know, you had people imagining. Oh yeah, it could be a, you know, he huge, really looked impressive. A there. huge freshman contributor, and that's not. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not, whoa. not. That's not uh, exactly. Yeah. Uh,
0: Sorry about that. Had had a youngster that was. Uh, yeah, that really what it really was. It's like seeing a, seeing a youngster heading to an outlet and reaching out toward the uh, toward the plug is uh, something that is that is uh, more than a little concerning. Yeah. Well. The 334 uh,
1: 321 three, 1390. So I Nine just wanted to explain sure what would I was. Been, well, well, I'm what sure about. it would have been fine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When she got knocked right back over this <laughs> way, it would have been just great. Uh, we're, still, we're
1: still on the air, right? Yeah, we're, we're still on. Uh, I think let's, take, so. let's take
0: a break. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that final break of the afternoon. Still time for you to join us as we wind it down here on the Wednesday Drive. <laughs> Welcome back in final segment of the drive here on this Wednesday evening. Yeah, it's finally dark now, and uh, we're winding things down here at Big Mike Steakhouse, where again uh, we're going to be here for Home Wednesday basketball games. And uh, again, we'd we'd love for you to come join us. Just look at the schedule, and you can. Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, I don't know what I don't know that I'd have made it through the show without Jordan's sweater. <laughs> I don't, know, I don't know what kind of fashion statement it makes up here, but, man, this this is a warm sweater. Staying warm. It's been, it's been chilly out here on the day.
1: It has been chilly out here. It's going to get colder tonight, so be uh, be prepared if you, uh, if you dine outside or if you're going to the game.
0: Yeah, tonight, any, gonna anything. If you're going to be outside at all this evening, it's going to get cold quickly um, because, as, as you notice during the day, you know, the sky's cleared and the temperatures are going to drop and drop drastically. It's going to be pretty chilly this evening, so um, yeah, bundle up if you're going to be outside. Any
1: Georgia-Tennessee on the SEC Network? That game starts at six. South Carolina-Florida on ESPN two. That game also at six. And then tonight, Mississippi State and Alabama and Tuscaloosa. That's on the SEC Network at eight. Auburn and A and M on ESPN two. And Auburn and A
0: and A&M, i mean, as you said a while ago, I mean, it's the game with the closest line, and it should be. Uh, I mean you look at the matchups, A&M 5 and 1, Auburn 6 and 1. I mean Mississippi State got off to such a great start. They were 11-0 or 11 and 1 uh, and I mean things have really gone south for them since they've gotten into the conference. You know, sort of like LSU. Uh I mean it's just it's it's been a struggle and then um, South Carolina. Still, I, mean,
1: had I the, think LSU still looking for their first win of twenty twenty three. They are after after last night uh, did 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 not get it in Fayetteville twenty point loss. Well, remember they, the beat, they beat they beat
0: Arkansas in yep. the season opener and it looked like wow that was a big win because Arkansas at the time was ranked in the top ten. I mean, and Arkansas has dropped. Arkansas had lost four straight until they. They bounced back, so it's it's been crazy.
1: Arkansas finished last night's first half on a twenty-three to three run to sort of distance themselves, I think the lead got up to twenty twenty-two or twenty-four points for Arkansas. So yeah, LSU's a LSU's one of those programs sort of still searching for what they're going to be, not just this year but beyond. A oh Tennessee yeah, Coach you're Batman, right, man.
0: Well, I mean, they they had they started off. Remember, they started over with a, almost a completely new roster yeah. this year, so it was ama- amazing. To see them get off to a decent start, but boy, uh, it it has just the bottom has fallen out for LSU.
1: And three or four players coming over from uh, from the uh, fr- from from Murray State with with Coach McMahon, which is I mean that that's something you don't see very often in uh, in mid major basketball a coach bringing you know a, b- a big chunk of his roster with him to a major conference program, and you know I think we're seeing. There are limitations when you try to do it that way. You can pick and choose what you want, but bringing a big chunk of a mid-major team, it's—I mean—you're you're, going to need more than that to compete against the best teams in the SEC or even the middle of the SEC. Yeah, and Yeah, e- even from history.
0: a good mid-major. I mean, that's right. that's the thing. It's not like they were—they weren't a terrible team by any means. No, Murray at their Murray level.
1: State, Murray State was a was a highly competitive. OVC uh, basketball team last year, but that's just not enough. And I I think McMahon can figure it out. And LSU, you one one would think eventually they're going to have a more talented team there than they do right now. There's so much
0: talent right around Baton Rouge. Right. I mean, you look. I think if I'm not mistaken, one of A and M starters is from Baton Rouge. There is always talent right there locally and in the state of Louisiana.
1: This is going to be a transition year for, for LSU, and you saw that last night, and, and I think there's a couple other teams. You know, your first-year programs, South Carolina, right. Mississippi State, uh, Missouri, although Missouri's playing some pretty good basketball, but you have some places where even even Florida. I mean, th- these are places where the first-year coach is still implementing his system, and there are going to be some growing pains. you are going to take some lumps along the way, and lSU's taking their fair share of
0: lumps right now all right so we uh, we get the the rest of the SEC games this evening then the SEC big twelve matchup and the big twelve yeah the big twelve everybody raving about the big twelve I, I think they have six ranked teams and the SEC only three but the SEC won it last year and I've got a feeling the SEC will be competitive with the big twelve this year in the in the matchups right i mean
1: it's it's, a, it's an interesting list of uh, of, of games, including what, Arkansas is going to Baylor, Kansas and Kentucky playing at Rupp Arena. Why do they
0: always have to play though? Yeah, I, I don't know
1: if that's just an ESPN. It's like, thing. Well, it's
0: it's just the it's it's the you know that the historically national powers they want to keep those matched up because uh, everybody else seems to rotate other teams, but it has to be Kentucky and Kansas.
1: Yeah, ESPN's going to have um, four games on Saturday: o- Alabama, Oklahoma, or not five straight. Auburn, West Virginia at eleven. Alabama, Oklahoma at one. Uh, you're going to have uh, Arkansas, Baylor at three, Texas, Tennessee at five, and then hmm. Kansas, Kentucky at seven. So five straight SEC games against the Big Twelve on ESPN. All the other games available on the ESPN family and networks. Right, but but a well, a, a quintuple header of SEC, cool. of SEC, of Big 12 basketball games, starting with Auburn and West Virginia at 11 a.m.
0: That's great. Uh, so, yeah, we'll talk more about that, but uh, we're uh, approaching the end of our time here on this Wednesday. How you feeling about tonight? I, think I I like the way Auburn's been playing. I'm looking forward to it. I, I, I like the Tigers tonight. Big Mike's appreciate being being back here. Absolutely. As always. Again, we'll be back for the next Wednesday home game. Just check your schedule, and uh, we'll be out here. And we'll be back tomorrow. And looking back at tonight's game. Oh, you got a game tomorrow.